free my mind Open my heart with the whispers of truth To live a conscious life To live a conscious life On the growing edge On the growing edge And now, here's Allie Hello and welcome. I am Ali Benjamin, and it is my great joy to be here every Monday for Growing Edge Live, conversations with soul-centered individuals that are channeling their time, their talent, their energy, their resources, their, their joy into doing good works in the world. And sharing the good news really lights me up and I've had this lifelong quest to connect with individuals, to know about them and their lives and how they got to be and do the things they, they do. And so every week I talk, have a conversation with, a chat with someone that is um, here on the growing edge, bringing their talents into form and making a better world for all of us. And so it's my great delight to do that. And we are sponsored by Satya, the Satya Center. And the vision and the mission is to inspire minds, heal hearts, transform lives, and evolve consciousness. So welcome, I'm glad you're here. And I'm really excited for today's show and my very special guest, Dorina. Before we get to that, I want to move into the Ask Ali segment. And today I have a question from Serena. And Serena says, Dear Ali, I have been setting goals for 2024 and envisioning the life I want to experience. I have such big dreams, but I doubt my ability to bring them to reality. I would appreciate your insights. Well, Serena, thanks for this. Um, this is the perfect time of year to be goal setting, casting a vision, doing some visioning and identifying the life that you want. And so this is, this is the perfect time to get a, a question like this because many people struggle with, with how to, to get their dreams and their visions and their goals going. And it's one thing to, to have an idea of these things, but then how do we put it into practice? So here we go. So I want to use the analogy of, of an apple seed. So within the apple seed is a blueprint for an apple. And within that seed is the blue, blueprint for a tree. And so within the apples and the apple tree, there's a potential for an apple orchard. And there's a potential for those apples to feed and nourish so many people. So you can see sort of the, the seed to the apple or seed to the tree, to the apple, to nourishing a lot of people. Well, this is, this is similar to us and how we manifest and how we, each of us, have a seed or a blueprint within us that potentially can become our vision or our dream. 
but we're a little bit different than an apple seed, an apple tree, and an, an apple, because in order for the apple or the orchard to come into manifestation, there needs to be particular outer um, situations, such as the soil, the environment, the water, the rain, the sun, and all of that, those external things have to be just so in order for the apple to reach its potential, the orchard or the nourishing of people. And so within us, we each have a seed, a blueprint. And once we've cast a vision or we have envisioned the life we want to live or a dream that we'd like to realize, we don't have to wait for the outside to be a particular way. Having a dream or a vision doesn't require things on the outside to necessarily be a particular way right away, like the apple tree. What happens for us humans is we have the task or the role of making the inner environment just right in order to manifest that vision, that dream, that goal. And so what does that mean? to make the inner environment just right? Well, it takes some something you've already done, which is to identify what it is you want or what you would love. And that's a really great question when I ask my clients all the time, what would you love? And you'd be surprised, a lot of people can't really answer that question because they're busy focusing on things aren't right or this is missing or this is what I want and I don't have it. So you first identify what it is you would love. And Serena, you've done that. You've envisioned the life that you want to experience. So now what? So now you set your intention. So our intentions are like the rudder on a ship. Uh, the rudder on, on a ship, once it's set, then the ship moves in, in that direction. And that's how it is for our intentions. So what is it you're intending? You're intending to live this beautiful life. You're intending to meet the best friend that, that you've been seeking. You're intending to have a home that you feel comfortable in and, and safe and, and nourished by. What's your intention? And this is for all of the viewers. What's your intention? We set an intention. And then that makes the inner environment, it starts to create this, this, this vibration or frequency that the universe responds to. Now, how's that? How does the universe respond to something that's going on inside us? Well, it does because we're all connected at the level of vibration, frequency, information, and energy. So as this point, of creation, and it could be you or you or you or me, wherever we are, we are a point of creation. We are causing things to become. And so we set our intention and then the universe hears that. The universe is always listening. And the universe through the law has the habit, has the um, tendency to match that frequency by materializing. So we set an intention, 
I intend for more beauty. I intend to be positive. I intend to be joyful. I intend to be a good friend. I intend to take care of my, my animals, my pets. I intend to, you name it. You start to build up the energy and the vibration and the frequency of, of your intentions, your visions, your dreams. And so with that intention and with some attention, we start to build the energy and the frequency. And then there's something interesting that can sneak in and it could be doubts and fears. And, and you actually referred to this, I believe. We, you doubt that you have what it takes to, to actually manifest this. So we get to, to inquire into those doubts and fears. And maybe you want to say something like or inquire a little bit into your, yourself. Like, who would I be without this doubt? Who would I be without this confusion? And what that does, these, these questions sort of widen the circle of possibilities. Because then your mind isn't fixated on the doubt or the uncertainty or the fear. It's expanding, it's questioning that. And then that loosens that, that energy or that, that frequency of doubt and fear and allows curiosity to come in. Visioning, dreaming, setting goals, loves curiosity. And so you start to become curious. You start to have excited curiosity and excitement about what's coming, about what's next. So Serena, good job. You've cast a vision. You have an idea of, of what it is you want to experience. And now you set the rudder, you set your intention, you start to question your doubts and fears, and you start to widen the circle of what's possible. And then the universe responds in like, you'll see that things start to happen. You start to see things differently. Possibilities start to occur to you. Maybe you start to dream a bit more because your energy and your attention are directed in the the way you want to go and what you want to experience. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Keep on, keep on holding that vision, take it into your meditation, build up your energy about around it, because once you get clearer and clearer on your vision, you'll realize and you give it some time, you give it some contemplation, you meditate on it and you start to realize that that future vision you've cast actually comes with all the instructions, with all the know-how packed within it, that through contemplation, through quietly sitting with this vision, this dream, this goal, you'll start to have access to all the steps, all the ideas, all the energy. It's all packed within that vision. That's why visioning is so powerful, so potent. And this is how we become conscious co-creators of our lives. So thanks, Serena. And if any of you have a question that you'd like us to address here on Growing Edge Live, send it to me at Gmail, and we'll, we'll get it on the show. So now we're moving into my very favorite part. It's the conversation 
with a soul-centered individual and this and today it's Dorina Kors and Dorina is a friend of mine she's better known as the space doula there she is mm -hmm. and she spent nearly two decades exploring the fusion of feng shui space clearing and intuitive coaching to shift momentum in people's lives she serves her clients by offering soulful practices to get unstuck and out of mediocrity by using their homes to unlock their limitless potential. Whether they're feeling unheard or tired of putting themselves last, Dorina helps them shift the energy within their homes, bringing alignment to themselves, their family, and their career. Her work has been featured in Better Homes and Garden, Yoga Journal, and on podcasts, including Hay House Radio and Unity Radio. She has spoken about how to use your home to shift the energy in your life on numerous conferences and stages. Dorina is a certified practitioner of interior alignment, a certified clutter clearing coach, that's a bit of a tongue twister, <laughs> in the Lynn Method, and a soul coaching practitioner. So welcome, Dorina, to Growing Edge Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is so it's I've been looking forward to this show having you on since I worked with you last year. And I was struggling with some situations in my life. And a good friend of ours, a mutual friend, John Harold Moore introduced us. And we worked together and you helped me. Um, you did the house whispering with me. And you helped me move my meditation room around. And that absolutely shifted things for me. The issue that I was having within my space and within my family and the people that I was living with and where I was living, everything's shifted. The people have changed. The house has changed. We actually moved. And I really attribute it um, a lot to the work that we did together in shifting some of the paintings that I had in my, my space, where my meditation chair was, was positioned in relationship to the directions and to the door and all kinds of things. But we'll get to all of that. But firstly, I want our viewers to, to get to know you. And I'd love you to share a little bit about how did you get to be this feng shui person um, was it something that you already always knew about? What was your spiritual path and, and how did you get from, you know, being a little one to now? It's a good question. Um, and I'm going to put this out cause I don't want to forget. I want to go back to Serena's question because as you were talking, <laughs> I was like, yes. And, and I was, I was getting very excited, uh, because the work that I do in people's homes so directly, um, responds to her question. So like loving what you were saying and I was like making notes about how to bring that into her house. So I wanna go back to that. Um, but to answer your question, I, I do feel like I was born to do this work. Um, astrologically, if you look at my, if for anybody who's into astrology, I have a Cancer Sun, Cancer Rising, Cancer Mercury. I have so much Cancerian. Um, energy. And 
home has always been such like an integral part of my life and so important. I felt it so deeply. And as a child growing up, there was a lot of dysfunction in my home. My, my dad was an active alcoholic at the time, and there was a lot of friction between my parents. And I just wanted, like we all do, innately wanted to feel safe. And I spent a lot of time in my room and I just, as a little one, you know, I was probably at this time, like seven and eight, moving my furniture around. I mean, of course, lining up all my stuffed animals, but like wanting to feel safe in my space. And so I would move my furniture until it felt right. And that's one thing that I always tell my clients when we do make changes is like, what feels right to you? Um, so that's where it started. And I veered off at one point and I ended up with a career in marketing. And but there was always this looming like, I really what I really want to do is work in people's houses. And I had the opportunity in my late 30s to reinvent myself and say, okay, I can actually go back to that thing that I had dabbled in that I had loved. And so I had a acquaintance who I knew had a decorating company. And I'm like, can I just pick your brain about it? And from there, I actually became a partner in that company. Um, so I was the muscle behind that she was the inspiration, she was the color person, I was moving furniture around in people's houses. Uh, when she moved back to her home state, I was like, I don't want to do this by myself. So that's the point in which I actually transitioned my business into professional organizing. I got tired of um, people saying, make my space feel pretty because the question was always, what do you need to let go of? And they're like, no, I have the space. I want to keep all of this. And I was like, but what does it mean that you have all these shoes that you don't wear? So I was always wanting to dive deeper. And I couldn't understand why people were holding on to things. And that's when I brought um, the clutter clearing in through the Lynn Academy, where we really go deep into the clutter, the understanding of it. And then when I brought the feng shui piece in and I went back, I actually studied it you know, a decade prior when I went back into it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the answer. When I bring the tools of feng shui into the picture, I can start seeing the subconscious. I can see what's holding people back um, and then help them shift the patterns in their home because everything um, internally seeks an outward expression. I think Carl Jung said that. And so our homes are an outward expression of what's going on internally. So when you were talking about Serena's question and you were talking about um, setting that intention in that inner environment, it was like, yeah, and you can use the outer environment to help impact the inner environment. Beautiful. <laughs> That's where I got started. And I just keep, I don't use feng shui in a tradition. I mean, I do, but a lot of times people hear feng shui and they, they think, oh, you're going to bring, tell me to hang red ribbons or you're going to tell me like there's rules and that you have to divide things and you have to have a certain number of things. And, and where I really go to is like, no, we're using feng shui as a tool to understand the patterns in your life because they're showing up in your home and then using your home, like recreating those patterns, shifting those patterns so that your home is that blueprint that home becomes the blueprint for the vision board, essentially. Mm, mm, beautiful. Yeah, I, I, you know, as I was sharing my insights for Serena's question, um, I didn't really think of the impact of, you know, having you, which, 
you are creating the ex helping people create the exterior space and it's a both and mm -hmm. you know it's definitely a both and we can consciously create our our space our living space and we can consciously create that that inner space too yeah one of the things that you know serena had said is that she was doubting her ability to manifest and so kind of two thoughts i had on that one is like what is your vision right what do you want to attract what do you want to bring into your life and then how can you put breadcrumbs to that in your home. So let's say the vision is like, I want to go live in Italy, right? Like I want to have this, you know, you have this vision for this life. Well, bring Italian artwork in, bring things that remind you of Italy into your home now. Don't wait till then. You can bring it in now. Or, you know, I want to have a closer connection with myself. And I'll never forget a client I was working with. And, and that was one of her. She's like, I don't know. I don't, I'm last. I'm always last in my family. And she had three boys and her husband who she lived with. And the minute I like, this was virtually walked into her home uh, virtually. I was like, where are you? I don't see you in your house. Like if I didn't know better, I wouldn't think that you lived there. Mm -hmm. And so how do we bring ourselves into the space? If we're feeling like our voice isn't heard in our family, um, so that's how we can start. And then the doubt, right? Like if you have doubt about manifesting visions, how is doubt showing up in your home? And mm. that could be belongings, right? That could be, um, I really want to get rid of this, but I might need it this day, you know, like, and so we're doubting what, you know, like we don't like it. Right. And when you said about like, what do you love? We want our environment to reflect what we love. And so often we, we settle right? We settle in our homes, the place where we spend, especially since COVID, right? Just more time in our homes than I think we ever have. Mm -hmm. And we want our home to reflect what we love, not what we settle for, not like, well, I just have to have it that way. Or it becomes so familiar that we forget that like, oh yeah, that corner does kind of bug me. Yeah. Um. So much is coming up as you're saying this, you know, the the, the doubt, you know, that shows up in like, should I keep this? Should I not keep this? That's um, also, I think of, of waiting, you know, oh, I want, I'll get to that later, you mm -hmm. know, getting to that closet later, or you're hanging those pictures later, like when some, you know, when you feel better or whatever, just that could also, I guess, manifest as putting your good off or, you know, putting, you know, the things that you love to do off there could there's a relationship is what i'm hearing you saying between the decisions you make within your house and how that might transfer or match or mirror the the decisions you know the putting things off in your your relationships let's say yeah everything you know is is ener energy right you know so it's kind of like when you have this energy of like kind of interesting. I'm actually, I struggle with this myself. I'm constantly doing the work. I'm constantly interacting with my space and creating a relationship with my space. And interestingly, um, I went to the dermatologist just 14 days ago, actually, to be specific. And um, fortunately, makeup covered it up. But I have um, some precancerous cells 
So they had given me this chemo cream to use for 14 days and I put it on, you know, and I used a smidgen of, of the tube, right? The tube is fairly big and I barely used any. And now I'm done with it. And the part that my higher soul is saying, okay, let go, get rid of the cream, right? Throw it out. Because when we hold on to it, that's my intention that I'm going to need it again. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm anchoring that belief that this is going to come back and I'm going to need it. But then there's this other side of me that's like, oh, I'd have to go back to the pharmacy to get it. And I already have it. So shouldn't I save it? And so I actually literally, I, and this is one of those things I'm struggling with because a lot of times people keep those, the crutches or the the bandage, you know, like the ACE bandages or whatever, because they had some injury. And I'm like, that becomes an affirmation that we're going to need, that we're not going to be well in the future. So now that I've spoken it out loud. Oh my God. On camera, I'm going to go throw it out. So Yeah. Go. You've got me like just thinking of all of the bandages and the back brace and the this and the that, that I've been holding on to because just in case, <laughs> just in case and that's and that just in case energy is literally what's in our home right so when we really tap into it we start realizing like oh wow do I want my energy to be filled with when I'm sick again when I'm sick again when I'm sick again or I'm hurt or I'm it's right there yeah yeah that you're stirring up a lot and I'm sure our viewers are thinking about their lives and some of you know, the, the choices that little choices, the everyday choices they may make or the decisions or what not about, you know, how their space looks or what they're storing in those totes or, you know, what their storage unit looks like. And it's like, oh my goodness, what is all this stuff? And what, what does it really mean? What's the deeper meaning of all of this stuff that I'm lugging along with me? just in case, or because I'm a tightwad or whatever it is, and I have a bit of a frugal bone in my body. Um, I'm definitely, maybe you and I need to book another appointment. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's not the letting go is hard, right? You know, we're like, we like do this. And, you know, I think, spirit's always calling us to open up right and trust and um i had an interesting i had an interesting thing happen um about a week ago so in feng shui we have the bagua map and the bagua map is an energy map and it shows what area of your home is associated with what area of your life so there's an area of your home associated with your relationships there's an area of your home associated with your wealth and when we're really looking to ferret out those patterns, we can go to those spaces in our home to see what they're saying about our relationships or our wealth. So I've been on a kick for a while just on relationships, right? Like always like looking for it to be more connected, to be more passionate, to be closer, right? And it's mine aren't like mine's good, right? So this isn't always about like looking at what's bad, but it's looking at like, what do I want? What's what can enhance it? And because I'm such a people person, such a connected person, um, my bedroom happens to be in the relationship area of our home. Not everybody's, but mine does. And you can ha you have a relationship area within that room. 
And I very intentionally put a box there and I gave it to my husband the day we got married and it's painted with different scenes of our relationship. So it has a, um, an artist painted it for me. So there's a picture of the restaurant where we first went for our first date and a picture of the Rose Garden where we got married. So I spontaneously walk into the room the other day and he's not far behind me. I'm like, can we go through that box? He's like, yeah. Because a lot of it, I just, I get these intuitive hits and weird times. And so we start going through that box. He's like, it's just cards that you gave me. It was cards that I gave him. Plus there was a funeral program from his sister's fiance who went into the hospital the day we got married and passed away two months later. That occurrence put a rift in his relationship with his sister that to this day hasn't been healed. Mm. There was a lot of accusations and you weren't there for me and, and whatnot. And, and one of my husband's things is I don't do enough, never feeling like I do enough. And here there was this program of the funeral of the man who passed and he felt like he didn't, could never do enough that day or can't ever do enough for a sister. And then that's one of the things that triggers him. If I say something, it's like, oh, I'm not doing it right. I can't do enough. And so that's just a little example of how, how things show up in our space and how we can ferret that out. Because now I can be like, hey, look, this anchored your, your feelings of not doing enough. And then we can make a conscious choice now that that's been like we have the physical manifestation of an emotional um of something right. emotional yeah and just before we go to our break what did you do with that that funeral program i burned it <laughs> good i mean i burned it with the, in peace but i'm glad that, that well and it's you know so we can talk more on the other side about letting go of the, you know it could feel dishonoring um mm -hmm. that's not the way that it we can talk more about that okay all right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Free my mind, open my heart with the whispers of truth to live a conscious life, to live a conscious life on the growing edge. And now, here's Ali. We're back. So we're, we're picking up on um, feng shui a little bit through what you've been sharing. But for those individuals that, that don't know what it is, um, can you give us just kind of the, the elevator pitch or the, the quick explanation of, of feng shui? And then maybe we could get into some of the things that you've been sharing. I think you talked about the Bagua map and um, and I love the idea of a relationship part of the home that people could identify for themselves. So maybe you can, you know, give some little, um, a little gift to our viewers as to how mm -hmm. they could um, improve their relationships and yeah, yeah. attention to that part of the house. Absolutely. Um, feng Shui is, is the art, it's the science of creating balance in your home, of creating flow in your home. Um, it's all about feeling good. And so from the school of Feng Shui, there are different schools of Feng Shui. Uh, from where I teach, um, 
in the interior alignment school of instinctive feng shui we have two rules and the number one is if it feels good it's good feng shui number two if it feels bad it's bad feng shui so we don't get tied up in all the rules and really when i look at it there's a symbiotic relationship between us and our home. And so, like I was saying, that one informs the other and we can use our home. There's two ways that I like to use our home. One is to identify, right? It's identifying the patterns that are keeping us stuck or the patterns that we, you know, we bump up against. And then the second thing is we use our home to support us. Like we were talking with Serena, we can use your home to support us in shifting the patterns into creating a new reality for ourselves. Um, so that is that is really the, the essence of the work is cultivating that relationship and using your home set so that um, there is good flow in your home, that there's positive energy in your home and that it uplifts you. And it's that you look around and I always want, you know, like my mission when I think about it is that when you walk into your home, you feel embraced by your home. You feel the warmth, you feel the love. And then because that, when you're absorbing all of that, when you go out, that's what you're taking with you out into the world. So in my world, that like makes the world a better place. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm sensing that maybe besides having a, an understanding of why one might want to explore feng shui for you know creating a more peace and harmony and flow maybe the first step is um clearing things out is that one of the main pieces yeah. from a from a feng shui perspective um clutter is you know you do want to release clutter i actually um i look at it i designed what's called the hierarchy of of the home and if you're familiar with maslow and his hierarchy of needs it's a pyramid and there are five steps um in that pyramid and so at the bottom of maslow's hierarchy of needs is you know the food the shelter um, and then you move up, there's a sense of belonging and you move up love. And then at the top of that pyramid is self-actualization. And mm -hmm. the theory being is that to be feeling like to have that sense of love or connectedness or belonging or to self-actualize, that's really difficult if you don't have your basic needs met. So if you're worried about food and you're worried about a, a roof over your head, you're not going to worry about self-actualization. You're not going to worry about love. You're just going to be like, where is my next meal coming from? So when we translate that into the home, we look at that same model and at the bottom is that clutter clearing. So what I hear a lot of people do, it's very trendy to say, I'm going to sage my house. Um, yes, that's a good thing. However, if your house is full of things that have negative energy, no amount of sage is going to clear or it will clear for a moment. And then the clutter, the heaviness is really going to bring that back down. So the first place that I start out is what do you need to let go of in order to make space for something else? What do you first need to let go of? And the way that we define clutter is anything we don't love, need or use. And it can be that simple, right? Um, so that's that's the first, the bottom row of the hierarchy is the decluttering. And once things are decluttered, then you clean, right? So 
you get rid of the things you don't love and then you clean a space and you don't have to like tackle the entire house at once right i always say look at what your time is and your bandwidth and so let's say like i am super busy i don't have a lot of time i'm responsible for a lot of other beings or things say like okay i'm just going to worry about the top of my desk or my desk drawer right and so I'm going to get rid of the things I don't love, need, or use. And then I'm going to clean. I'm going to dust it. I'm going to, you know, open that drawer and clean it out. I'm going to, um, if it's a window, I'm going to clean the windows because uh, energy likes to stick to dust. So when we clean things, that's going to give us, you know, um, a good surface to work from. And then from there we can organize. So then we can say, okay, now let's find a home for everything. Because when we have a home for everything, it's really easy when things come out to put them back in, right? That's just that ease and that flow. And then from there, I call it feng shui, but like that fourth rung or that fourth part of the pyramid is the feng shui where people think of the more traditional and like, okay, what color should I bring into the space? What element should I bring into the space? Um, what shape? That, that's what we can look at. We can start looking at what to add before once now that we have everything else clean and organized and then the very top is the space clearing. And that's when we're energetically clearing the air with mm. the, the Palo Santo or sound. Beautiful. So, you talked about this beautiful, you know, example of how you and your husband um, cleared some energy um, associated with his his sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have other examples of this within relationships? I think you know we're going into February, and I'm thinking it's yeah. love and relationships. And I'm wondering, you know, if we can maybe hear in a, a couple of examples, and maybe then. Um, help people identify their relationship corner mm -hmm. of their house? Yeah, so that's one of my favorite stories is a client who actually came to me. Um, it was a, a lot of times, and I think you probably can relate in your own work, is that what somebody says they need isn't necessarily the place where you start. And she said, it's wealth. Like, I just need to get my finances back in order. And I was like, okay, so I, this person, I do virtual consultations. I also do in person and this one happened to be in person. So when I got there, we went to the wealth area of her home. And so the way that we oriented the Spagwa map that I referenced, and again, it's going to tell you where your wealth area, where your relationship area, and there's seven other areas. We use the front door to orient that map. So if you were standing at your front door, the architectural front door, not necessarily the one that you come in and out of, you know, through the garage or the side door, but the architectural front door, if you are standing as if you were about ready to walk in, the far left corner is your wealth area. I'll get to the relationship in a second, but the far left, the back left corner is your wealth area. So we went to the, the room that happened to be in the back left corner and she had recently got married and her wife had come and moved all of her things that she didn't really use, but didn't want to let go of. And she put him in back in this wealth area, in this spare bedroom. And she said, what am I going to do? Because I can't throw out her stuff. She doesn't want to deal with it. And I hear this like power struggle in the conversation. So you can't throw out somebody else's stuff, even though we sometimes want to. <laughs> not good policy to be throwing other people's stuff out. So I was like, all right, there's not a lot we can do in this space. But I started hearing this like, uh, this friction between the two of them in the conversation. So I said, okay, 
let's go look at the relationship area of the home because what's going to help clear this room is better communication between these two. So we go to the relationship area. So that area is in the back right corner of your home. So again, if you were standing at your front door, envision about ready to walk through your front door all the way to the back to the right, that area that if you put a tic-tac-toe board over your home, if you imagine that, and that tic-tac-toe board is dividing your home into nine relatively equal, not exact, equal boxes, or we call them guas in feng shui, that back right corner is the relationship area, the back right gua. So I go in there. There's one giant on her wall, one giant metal star, you know, those kind of like decorative stars and one small star. Mm. All of a sudden, that's where I see that inequality. So if you want more connectedness as we're approaching Valentine's Day, look in that area, that, that relationship corner of your home and say to yourself, if this was representative of my relationship, what would it say? If this space, if I had to use an adjective to describe this space, what would it be? Because that is a metaphor for your relationships, your intimate one-on-one -on -one relationships. Okay, I have a couple of things to say. Well, first of all... <laughs> Wait, can I tell you the end of the story real fast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what happens to the two. Because this is interesting, right? So you want to say, okay, remove those and put something equal, right? Balanced, similar sizes. They don't have to be exact, but similar sizes. But then in order to be in relationship with yourself or gave it away in order to be in relationship with somebody else, you need to be in relationship with yourself. Mm. So there's another area which is called inner knowledge. And so I'm like, Oh, let's go look at this space because I want to see it's the inner knowledge is our self-awareness, our personal development, like know thyself is what I think of in that space. When we went in there on her side of the bed was a painting. And a lot of times I'll get intuitive hits and I'll just be like, it's kind of like that Sesame street. Like one of these things doesn't belong together. And I was like, tell me about this painting. And she said, Oh, my ex painted that. <laughs> so then begs the question, what did you have in that relationship that you don't have in this relationship? What do you feel is missing that you brought this other person's energy back into your space? And then I'm going to fast forward. I got the email that um, that room got cleared out. That relationship room got cleared out. Mm. It's on much, much steadier ground. So now, now you're well, wait, well, I got millions of questions. Where's the uh, inner knowledge? Place when, you, when you walk it. So it's the diagonal opposite of the relationship. So when you walk into your home, it's in that front left corner. It actually may be your door. If your door is on the left-hand side of your home, that it would be the inner knowledge. So interestingly, when we think about feng shui and we think about balance, you've got the inner knowledge on one corner, you've got the relationship on the other. So you want to balance, right? Like too much, if you're too, too much energy in the inner knowledge and not enough energy in the relationship, it's going to feel very lonely, very independent, like mm -hmm. overly. Mm -hmm. If you have too much energy in the relationship area and not enough energy in the inner knowledge area, you could tend to codependency. 
Mm. Okay. All right. And so currently we're living in a, a three-story house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at when you're saying go into the front door and, and look at these particular areas, I'm staying downstairs. Or should I be upstairs? Hmm. So that's something I'm, but I'm, I, so when I went in and I'm just staying on the first floor, I went into the, um, the fight, the money corner and that's in the garage and there's a snow shovel. And so I'm thinking as it relates to money, I'm just going to have to shovel so much money around because it's all flowing into my life. So that's my positive spin on my snow shovel. And then on the other corner in the uh, relationship, is um totes of adventure gear like snowshoes and camping and all those kinds of things so i'm like thumbs up i'm thinking those are two good things to have in those corners and and that begs you know comes this this question like do you you said if it feels good it feels good if it doesn't it doesn't mm -hmm. so when i spin it in those ways as long as i have a positive connection with those things does that does that work? It does, as long as you really believe that, right? Okay. You know, as yeah. long as it's not like there's this little seed of doubt that's like, you know, but if, if you truly, it goes back to Serena's question and what you so beautifully told her about setting the intention, because 99% of the work that I do with people, it's about the intention, right? We're in, where, where we make the intention, where we set the intention, that's where the energy goes. So... If that is, if you truly think of that, if every time you look at that adventure gear and you're like, that's what I love to do with my husband, like, oh my gosh, this is like the heart of our relationship, what we love to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. On the other hand, if he looked at it and was like, I get hurt every time we go and do something, right? Well, you could have a different. Yeah. Well, just to, to clarify that, and I think you know this because. I worked with your group some time ago, um, helping to to um, lead them through a process of, mm -hmm. of creating their soul statement. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I did this about nine years ago. We created a statement, a soul purpose statement together. And it goes like this, together with our hearts wide open on our joyful adventure, underscore adventure, inspired, elevated and grateful. And so I just find it like super delightful to know that that adventure gear is in that relationship corner because our journey together is about, you know, exploring an adventure and our hearts wide open together. I love that. And so you can even take it a step further, you know, the, our hearts wide open. You can look at the heart of your home, which is the center of your home. And that's mind, body, spirit. And ask yourself, does this space feel open? Or how can I create more openness in this space? Because what if that space was a closet and it was so jam packed and you had to like, like shove it to close it, you know, it's like, oh, maybe there's could be some more spaciousness in there. Wow. I'm like falling in love with my my house as we speak, because we just moved into this place in September and right at the center, not on the first floor, not on the top floor, but on the center floor, right in the middle of the structure there's just open space. It's between the kitchen and the dining room and the living room and the bedrooms. And so it's just an absolute clear space where the, 
you know, my if my grandkids are, are, are here, they're they're running around, they're dancing, they're doing their um. My one daughter's a, uh, I mean, granddaughter is a uh, gymnast, and so she's got her mat out and she's doing her, you know, tumbling and stuff. So, I think I like that open space. I think it sounds perfect. Yeah. So can you share some some other stories of of because I'm sure some people come to you when things aren't going so well. Yeah, yeah. Um so relationship has been, was, well, or you know, relationship or just, you know, like when I came to you and I was just, you know, having some well, yeah, mine was relationships too, and and home. But can you give us sort of a couple of examples maybe of of how people you know, what happens for people when they work with you, when they realize the things that you share with them that are to do with their inner landscape and their, their home environment? Like, can you give us some of the success stories or how people's lives have changed? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's not always transactional, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we do this and then this happens. Sometimes it is. I did have a client once where in the wealth area, I feel like it was a dead plant that we moved because you want growing things, right? You want things that are growing and, and moving upward in the wealth area. And I feel like it was a dead plant that she moved and literally the next day called me and said, I just got an insurance check for my business that I had, I had written off. I didn't think I was getting. So sometimes it can be, it can be like that, but more often than not, we're really starting to use our homes to support us so that we feel good. And so it, it's not always quite that fast. But one of the things just in, because I think a lot of people can relate to the, the story of my client who's like, I can't move all of this stuff, the stuff in this room. I don't, it's not mine because we love to point fingers and be like, my space would be neat if it wasn't for my partner, if it wasn't for my kids. And one of the things I always say is like, you know, when you point the finger, you've got three pointing back at you, right? So it's do your work, do your work relentlessly, do it unapologetically. And it's looking at like, it could be that one piece of paper for you, even though their clutter seems like it's everywhere. Your clutter could be just as impactful, make just as big of an impression, but it's smaller. So I always tell people to focus on what you can control and I had a client who she was like, there was this chair and it was sitting in front of a door and we want doors to be able to open, right? Like you don't want the energy to be blocked so that it can't get through a door. And she's like, there is no way, no how, never is my husband going to get, she's like, I don't like the chair. There's no way he's going to agree to getting rid of that chair. I was like, okay, do your work. And <laughs> Literally, this one didn't take long at all. She called back. She's like, you're never going to believe it. He got rid of the chair. <laughs> so there is this, uh, when we start focusing on we, because we're shifting energy, right? Like we are moving the energy and they feel that, the they in the house, right? And so they will be impacted. And it's it. people are like, no, they're never going to do it. I'm like, all right, let's just see. So um it does happen. It, mm -hmm. It's very contagious, I guess is the word I'm, I'm looking for. Um, I'll tell you a, I'm going to try to condense this. 
um, you're familiar with, and I'm going to use my own example. Um, I have been, I'm going to tell you the end. I'm going to tell you the, I'm going to spoil, I'm spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you the end of the story. Um, for my entire life, and I'm not exaggerating, and with all that cancerian energy, you can imagine that's just supernatural. I have been caretaking everybody else's emotions. I have been holding and felt responsible for everybody else's emotions, particularly as a child, well, where I learned it as a child. And when my dad was volatile and I wanted to be safe, I make everybody happy because if everybody's happy, we're going to bring ratchet down the, the drama, the anger. <clears throat> so that has been a pattern. Um, we had a flood in our house uh, last June 28th. It was fascinating what led up to it. But June 28th, our dishwasher, we had just renovated our kitchen. Our dishwasher spilled 700 gallons of water on our kitchen floor. Oh we thought we had it mopped up. Um, and we had a flight to Denver uh, for vacation, my husband and I, in an hour of discovering this water. We mopped it up. We had no idea how much it was. Went on vacation, had a fabulous time, which is interesting because play is difficult for me, right? And then it's like, if you play, there's going to be consequences. We come back to mold, mold that took six months to remediate. But from a feng shui perspective, water is emotion. Mm. And it represents finances, but also emotion. And when you think of what happens when water stagnates, it becomes moldy and what happens when emotions aren't processed. And so when I've spent an entire lifetime of holding on to emotions, so this remediation, and again, there's a whole lot more to the story that I realized we don't have time for, but I actually ended up doing part of the mold remediation because the company didn't do it well. And it was, it has brought um, so much healing mm -hmm. and something I would not have realized it was like 20 years of therapy. Wow. So there are those quick wins of the clients who the check comes in. And I had another client who <clears throat> moved something around. And sometimes I say in relationship, I don't know which way this is going to go. Because some people will be like, I don't know if I should stay in the relationship or not. And I'm like, well, I don't either. But we're <laughs> going to create your space the way you want to feel in relationship. And it's going to push you one way or the other. It's going to push you closer or further apart. I have one client who... <clears throat> The work that we did, um, he moved out, right? Very shortly after the work we did, it was like, this is very clear. I've actually had a couple clients like that. Um, well, so like that. And then, but this, this for me was this deeper, deeper, like soul level work. And that's the yeah. depth where this can go. It can be easy breezy. We just got more money we a partner walked into our life or it could be those deep deep patterns that need to shift well i could talk to you all day about this mm -hmm. and we're right at the end of our time together and um maybe we'll have to have you back on to go a little deeper into this thank you dorina so much for yeah. being on the show and thank you everyone for watching thank you to our producer michael and to new thought media network and next week, we are going to be back with Charles Geddes from Mind Your Own Becoming. And uh, peace and blessings to you where you are. Mwah. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Free my mind. Open my heart.
with the whispers of truth to live a conscious life to live a conscious life on the growing edge